in these Wednesday nights, we've been just looking at uh, a spiritual assessment, and we looked at the walk, we looked at the heart, we looked at the sight, and tonight um, I want us to look at the appetite, the spiritual assessment, and we're looking at appetite. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, if you'd stand, we'll read this one verse, Matthew 5 and 6. Just remember then on Sunday, it's our special gift day, would you keep that in your prayers? Just continue to pray for the finances, for the needs that there are. Just let's believe the Lord together that the Lord would just bring in the final provision of what we need. Amen. Matthew 5 verse 6, if you'd stand, we'll all read together this verse, Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Father, we just pray tonight that you would bless your precious word. Lord, that you would touch our hearts afresh tonight, that you would fill every life in this room fresh with the Holy Ghost. Lord, put a deep hunger and thirst in our hearts for you, O God. Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know that when we... Uh, have to attend the doctors, and if there's an infection or there's something wrong with us, one of the questions that he'll often ask in the initial inspection is, how's your appetite? Have you lost your appetite? That desire or the liking for something, that's what it means in the natural man. When we're asked that, when we go off that appetite in the natural, it often can indicate that there is something wrong that there's a deeper issue at stake, there's an infection or even possibly a disease. The desire of an individual, the desire in the human life, is one of the most powerful forces that's on this planet, the human desire, the desire. Desire makes people move. The desire makes people move, especially if it's through hunger, people will move because they want to eat. You bring that into the natural realm for a moment, looking at that natural desire that men have, that women would have, and right across the different respective fields of this world, you see that desire is a very potent force. If you look at those in the sports uh, end of things, those athletes, because there's a desire for them to succeed and to be at the top of their game, they will basically go through unbelievable discipline structure in order that they would come to the place that they would be at the top of their field. The athlete, I read about this not by experience of course, the athlete will be on the, the professionals anyway, will be on the grass of the gym six days a week, training twice, some days up early in the morning, making sure that they have their full sleep quota in order to refresh their bodies. They have strict diets, they have strict lifestyles, to maximize their abilities, to reach their goals. They'll sacrifice everything to reach the maximum level and to be prepared for the race. The reason that is, is because there's a desire. There's a strong desire within that man or that woman to reach the, the top of their game. And so they'll discipline, they'll sacrifice, they'll do everything because within them, in the natural, there's a desire. The believers in a race... In Hebrews chapter 12, if you turn over, you'll know the words very well, but Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 talks about a spiritual race. It says there in Hebrews 12 and 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin that so easily besets us, 
There, the apostle, I believe, is speaking about a dedication and a discipline in order that we might run this race, the most important race that you'll ever run is the race that God has set before you. Let us run with patience the race, and let us look. Here is the desire that we're looking to. Look on to Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then the spiritual race, more important than the natural, here we see that a man or woman of God, born of the Spirit, has a race that's set before them. And Paul's saying, bring discipline, bring dedication into this race, and run this race with patience, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You want to win the race, you want to fight the good fight, you want to finish the course that is set before you. Desire, appetite will enable a man or a woman to pursue the goal. The goal for us is Jesus. That's what we're looking on to. That's what we're running towards. When the appetite has been lost in the spiritual realm, it's often the indicator as it is in the natural that something's gone wrong. Something of that desire is not the same as what it used to be and leads us into a place where we probe into a deeper issue. The loss of appetite for the spiritual things should be something of great concern. It should be something that in the natural we would be concerned if we lost our appetite and the doctor would be concerned, but in the spiritual, surely it should be something that should concern us when our appetite for spiritual things is not what it used to be. The desire for the things of God, the desire for God's Word, the desire... For, for that fellowship and intimacy with the Lord, the desire for, for the purposes of God when that has waned in some way and that is gone, that should be an alarm that goes off. Something is wrong. And when we're born again, something wonderful happens. And you know, it's so precious and fresh when we hear the simplicity and the power of the new birth in our sister as she testified on Sunday night. The desire for God's word, the purity of that desire that was put in her by the Holy Ghost to get a Bible and to begin to devour the word of God. And that's what the Holy Ghost does in the new birth to everyone that's born. It's the same spirit. It's the same desire that God puts within us. I'll show you that it's the same from God's word. Ezekiel chapter 36, if you turn over to it, Ezekiel 36 and 26 just to show you tonight that it's not about the different personalities or people. It's the same Holy Ghost. It's the same new birth. And it's the same desires that he puts within us. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. The Bible says, and this is speaking of the new covenant of which we're a part tonight. Ezekiel 36, 26. He says, a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. He, he, this is the Holy Spirit, through the new birth, he will put a new heart in you. Thank God for a new heart. And he will give us a new spirit. That's a new desire. That's the same desire in every believer in this room. He gives us the new heart and the new spirit. And then in verse 27, what happens with that is it says, I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes 
and ye shall keep my judgments, and ye shall do them. That's what the Holy Ghost does. When we're born of the Spirit of God, he puts the desire within us to walk in his statutes, to keep his judgments, to do them. It's the same for everyone that's saved. It's the same Spirit. I know there's different personalities as far as we're diverse, but it's the same Holy Ghost that's in us all. It's the same desire with the same purpose to glorify Jesus, to run this race, to lay aside every weight, and to everyone finish well. Finish the course. Everybody, Jesus, desires that we all finish and finish well. We endure to the very end. And we do that not by our strength, not by our effort, but by the power of the Spirit of God. He enables us to do it through faith in Him. The spiritual appetite, the spiritual thing, when that spiritual appetite is affected and we begin to lose the appetite for spiritual things. And this is happening. This happens all around us today. We're seeing the appetite for the things of the Spirit slowly being ebbed away by the curves of the world, by the things that are happening around us and fear that is gripping every man and every woman and hearts and people and the worldliness and everything else. There's a whole range of things and the distractions of this time. And yet it is God's purpose that we run. We run well. And most important, his desire is that we finish well. He that endures to the end shall be saved. Spiritual man has an appetite. When that appetite is filled with other things, when we begin to neglect that which is the important things, Neglect the Word of God. Neglect that private time with the Lord, that place with the Lord. Neglect that prayer with the Lord, that intimacy with the Lord, and both that which is individual and corporate, and that fellowship. We begin to neglect the great commission that's been given to every man to pray and to believe for the winning of souls and to see a harvest of men and women come into the kingdom. That's, that's his desire. That's his desire. We haven't dreamt it up or made it up. It's his desire. He's not willing that any should perish. So that is the desire of the Lord in the, in the heart of his church to reach the lost. And then when that desire begins to go and we lose the appetite, something's wrong to the spiritual man. We see that the purity of it is this in the new birth. And that's when often when you see those new births that come in, they're so fresh, they're so real, and all the desires are put within that, that human life for the things of God. They don't miss a meeting. They're at every outreach. They're at every prayer meeting. They're, they're, at, they're at everything. They're at the kids' meeting. They're at the old people's meeting. They're at the middle meeting. They're at every meeting going. There's a desire. The purity of that desire is so fresh. May we never lose the desire to serve the Lord what happens is we infuse into that then the diversity of all of our personalities, our homes, our things, our, all the things we need to do, the places we need to go, the work that we have, the busyness of our lives. We bring all that in to the purity of that desire. And then we begin to see how the appetite so often, that spiritual appetite, is impacted by the things of the world. Friends, we have a duty of cur to make sure we keep that appetite fresh. Make sure that the wells are fully dug out. 
Don't let the Philistines fill in the wells, those wells of salvation. And when the spiritual desire is quenched, and you know when we sing that song, earthy things have left me dry, only you can satisfy. There's a cry in that heart again for that which is the spiritual. All that thrills our souls is Jesus. You see, when our wells are filled and there's desires for the earthly things, it's very hard to get that carnal man to appreciate the things of the Spirit. He can't understand them. And that carnal mind comes, it's enmity with God, and everything of the spiritual becomes a chore. Why? It's not because the spiritual things, is anything wrong with the spiritual. It's because what's happened in that heart, the appetite is lost for the things of the Spirit. The joy and the song and the, and the power and the reality of God. And so the old man then begins to dictate everything of our lives and we fall into what we know as spiritual ruts, stuck in the little shocks of our lives and our appetite is gone. And we're struggling now because we're trying to do it all in our flesh. But oh, that our wells would be cleared What's it like just after a time of illness or a flu or something like that? And then the first thing that you feel is the hunger comes back. You long, a piece of toast is like a sirloin steak. You just want a bit of toast and a cup of tea and the appetite begins to return and it's great. So we need to assess our spiritual appetite, what we feed on. What are we feasting our minds and our hearts on? What are we feeding our lives on? This is so important. These are the simple things. But they're the essential things. What we feed our lives on. What we feed our mind on. What we watch. What we hear. What we listen to. We hear it so often. Andy and Ruth will share it with the kids. And what you see and what you hear. But friends, it's, it's the reality for us all right the whole way through our Christian walk. Where our eyes are. What we're listening to what we read, where we go, what we touch, what we say, all has an effect on our appetite. And then we get stuck, but God doesn't want us to be stuck. He wants us to come into that time where the showers of blessing, the times of refreshing come. Peter says these words, if you turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. All about this desire, this appetite. 1 Peter 2 and verse 1. He says, Wherefore, lay aside, we've already seen this being used in Hebrews chapter 12. There has to be a laying aside. Lay some things aside. You know that the Lord's putting his finger on them. Lay them aside. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile, hypocrisies, envies, evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. What happens when you desire the word and you read the word? Then you begin to grow. You become strong in the Lord. The word of God is your food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You begin to grow in your faith. It says there, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord, he's gracious. He's so gracious. He's so long-suffering. He doesn't cast us off. But he says, lay those things aside. Set them aside and desire 
the sincere milk of the word of God. Look over to Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7. Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7. It says these words, Psalm 19 and verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 8, Psalm 19. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Oh, there would be a desire so strong in our hearts for God's word. The desire for the word of God, to spend time in his word, to read his word, to meditate on his word both day and night, to chew over the word of God. The Holy Ghost will help any man or woman, regardless of their intellectual ability, if they have a desire which is off the Lord, to spend time in the Word, even if it's one verse, just to meditate on that verse and to bring the reality of that into your life. Job 23 and 12 says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What a verse. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. This word this word, more important than that natural food that we need. And Psalm 119 and 131 says, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. There was a desire in the heart of the psalmist for his commandments, for his word. A desire for the word of God, a hunger. Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? For they shall be filled. Desire is everything, friend. If your desire is for the Lord, if your desire is panting for the Lord, longing for the Lord, the Bible gives us a promise that he will fill us. He will fill us with his word. He will fill us with his power. He will fill us with his joy. He will fill us with himself. If there's that desire, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. How is your appetite? How's your appetite? Talk about your spiritual appetite. How is your appetite for the things of God? What has filled that appetite? What has marred that appetite? What has happened to your spiritual appetite? Can you discern tonight that the panting and the longing for the things of God is not what it once was. Then the Bible simply says, lay aside the things that have hindered you. Desire the word of God. If so that you've tasted, you know that the Lord is gracious, that he wants us to come. He wants to fill us. He wants the communion. But we have to lay aside. There has to be a laying aside of the things that has caused our appetite to be marred. Oh, everyone that's thirsteth. Come to the waters, and he that has no money, come ye, buy ye, eat ye, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. There's a call to come for the thirsty. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. 
They shall be filled. There has to be a desire in that heart. There has to be an appetite for the things of God. You could preach to the cows come home. We could have meetings to the cows come home. But friends, unless there's a desire in the heart for the things of God, there's a hunger for the person of Christ. There's a desire for the presence of the Lord. There's a longing to meet with him, to be filled with him, to be revived by him, to have an encounter with God. There's a desire in the heart. Friends, you see it so across the board. At the moment, we see the desire for the things of God is being taken from most, a lot, awful lot of the church today. There's no desire for him. Oh God, give us a deep desire. Lord, refresh our hearts. Lord, cleanse our lives afresh. Give us a real panting and a longing. Jesus, we want you. A need for him, a cry for him, a longing for him, a panting for him. We need him. So how's your appetite? Now I listen to a testimony. I love the freshness of, of that new birth. The freshness of that desire, that freshness that comes. It's so pure, it's so real, it's so tangible, it's so precious. It's just him. And I listened to a testimony just a few days ago. I was so, oh, it was just, you know, when you just listen to it for a few moments, it wasn't very long, and it was Reinhard Bunke. He's gone home to be with the Lord, and no one really could tell the testimony like Reinhard Bunke. I'll try to, but I haven't got the German accent or the passion that he had, but he was a young man. He was only in his early 30s. He was preaching those uh, tent missions down in South Africa, across Africa, just believing the Lord. And there he went out with the tent and the accordion, and away he went preaching in those towns and those villages, and the passion that he had just for souls. And he was speaking in a particular area in South Africa, and they said it was the, the there was giant grass, or the elephant grass it's called, it's so high, it's, it's called that because it's the height of elephant, and you drive through this road, and he got to this place where they put the tent up, and he had a revival meeting and preached the gospel, and was passionate and seen souls saved. There was a few thousand at the, at the tent, and many were saved, and he was tired at the end of the night, and it was pitch black, and he was driving down the lane, and the elephant grass each side of him as he was going home, and then there was a figure standing in the middle of the road, and there was a young man, a young boy standing there waving the car down, he put the window down. He says, can I help you? And he says, I was at the mission. He says, I got saved tonight. And Reinhard Bunk, he says, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you got saved. He says, what's your name? He says, my name's David. He says, David, how old are you? He says, I'm 17. He says, David, that's wonderful. He says, David, what can I do for you? Why are you waiting? He says, I knew you'd come down this way. I knew you'd pass this way, but... I heard you talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Would you pray for me? Reinhard Bunke kept the lights on, got out of the car, laid his hands on the young boy standing. There's desire. There's desire. The purity of that young boy standing there saying, I want filled with the Holy Ghost. I've just got saved, but I want filled with the Holy Ghost. And Bunke says, I put my hands on him and immediately... The power of God came on this young boy and tears began to flow. And the next minute he's speaking in tongues right there standing in the middle of that lane. And Reinhard Bunky got into the car and the boy, he said to him, where are you from? He says, I'm from a village, I think, or a townland called Transvaal. And the way Bunky went, a few months later, a short time later, I can't remember what it said. 
The bunkie was in his office and they were having the meeting and they came in and said, there's a revival taking place up in Transvaal. And Bunky went, right, who's the preacher? They says, we don't know who he is, but there's a young boy called David. He says, really? And he says, oh, I know him. Many years later, don't know how long, but Bunky was doing a crusade up that direction. After he'd done the crusade, this is when there was tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands at the mission. There was a man came to him. He said, do you remember me? Bunky says, I remember you. He says, my name's David. He says, David. He says, you met me on that lane. He says, I remember you, David. He says, tell me what happened. He says, I went home to my village. And as I was getting in, there was a woman coming out with a child in her arms. The child was about to die, had fever. And what happened? He says, I began to pray for her. That child was immediately made well. And the woman went into the village rejoicing. The chief then called for David to come to his house because he had a child that had, was crippled from birth and said, would you go in and pray for my child? David says, I went in and the child was lying there and the child had spaghetti legs. That's what he described. Her legs were spaghetti legs, couldn't walk. He says, and I laid my hands on that young child, began to pray and I could hear the bones begin to crack and to creak and they'd be put into place. And then that girl got off her bed and began to walk. Bunky said, what happened next? He said, the chief then said, everybody needs to come and hear David preach. So all the town came and David began to preach. And Bunky says, hold on a second. You'd only get saved that night and filled with the Holy Ghost. What did you preach? He says, I preached the sermon you preached to me. <laughs> He says, what happened? He says, hundreds of people began to get saved. Because there was a young boy standing after the meeting's over, late at night in the dark, on a dusty road in South Africa saying, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Appetite. The purity of desire. You know, this world is trying to get our appetite. This world's trying to get our appetite, our attraction, our desire. But friends, I, I believe this with everything, that we can cleanse ourselves afresh tonight. We can cleanse our hearts afresh, and we can allow him to give us that fresh desire for him and lay aside all the things and may fill us all with the Holy Ghost, fill us all with his power, fill us all the overflowing, David had a desire. It was pure. Are we that desire? Oh God, give us an appetite. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Filled. God, tonight would you fill us all afresh with the Holy Ghost. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Oh Father, we just ask tonight, Lord, Buddha desire. Lord, if we've, if things have taken that desire, oh God, tonight we just thank you that you're a God that's full of mercy. You're gracious. Lord, and we just pray, help us all tonight to lay aside the things that would so easily fill that desire. Lord, give us a desire for you, Lord. 
May we pant after you, Lord. May we long for you, Lord. Lord, you said in that great, in that last day of the feast, if any man thirst, let him come. And out of his innermost being shall flow rivers. Oh, Lord, we need the rivers to flow. We need those rivers to flood our souls tonight, Lord. Lord, I just pray for every head bowed in your presence, every heart before you. Lord, I thank you tonight, Lord. Lord, it isn't complicated. Lord, you give us the same heart as a new heart. Lord, it's the same spirit as the Holy Spirit. And Lord, it's the same desire. Oh God, our personalities differ. But Lord, it's the same heart, the same desire. And Lord, in every one of our hearts, those, every one of us that are saved, Lord, Lord, you've put that desire. And I pray tonight that the wells would be opened. Lord, that river would just simply flow, Lord. That song, that thankfulness, Lord, that gratefulness, Lord, for all that you've done. Lord, would you flood our souls tonight with your spirit? Lord, we pray, fill us the overflowing, Lord. Lord, just anoint us, Lord, in this time of prayer, just to pray, just to thank you, just to praise you, Lord, just to lift you up, O oh God. Lord, undertake for us, Lord, in this time we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.